Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 16. How are you guys? How was Halloween? Are your kids on a sugar high? I know mine will be. I'm actually recording this Halloween day, so it is to come. But by the time you get this into your hands or your ears, rather, um, I will have had Elena of Avalor stomping around the neighborhood. That's my daughter, Rosie. And then my oldest, Jensen, wants to be Ryder from Paw Patrol. And so sad, our third child, our youngest, Amos, is totally going to get leftover costume from last year of Jensen's, and that's probably going to be Marshall from Paw Patrol. So there you have it. What were your kids for Halloween? Come find me on Instagram and tell me. I would love to hear. At Lizzie Langston. All right. So today, today I am really excited for this little episode because it's two things I'm absolutely passionate about. One is life coaching, obviously, and the other is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I am going to do a little forewarning for anybody who is not, first of all, Christian in some form, like a believer in Jesus Christ, and then second of all, um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There may be some scriptures quoted where you're like, what book is that? (laughs) Right? Because in our church, we have um, a couple other canons of scripture, and so just know that that might be happening. And if spirituality stuff turns you off, you're welcome to skip this episode. Um, but for those of you or for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ and we believe that he lives and that he was God's son or is God's son and all that jazz, this is going to be a great episode to really get an understanding of how life coaching and the principles of life coaching parallel the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have said on social media that uh, my work as a life coach and learning life coaching tools has helped me strengthen my discipleship. And this isn't because I consider coaching tools to be doctrine in any way, shape, or form. So let me be very clear. I don't worship Brooke Castillo. <laughs> the, the life coaching discipline does not hold or dictate tenets of my values, nor does it for anyone. The coaching tools are simply tools to help us get more clear on what we do and don't believe and why, and see how our beliefs are serving us and impacting us and what results they're creating in our lives. Um, but that's, so what I'm referring to is the model, which is the main life coaching tool. But what you might not know is that there are a lot of things that are taught in the school of thought that is life coaching that really add to what we already know is true and what we believe and what is taught in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in fact, as I've studied life coaching to become a life coach, but even when I was more casually listening as a consumer and student before ever being a coach, I noticed that the tools of coaching were starting to show up in my mind at church and really help me kind of see different angles of spiritual doctrines and really see culture versus doctrine and really get clear on my convictions. And it's just been such a 
beautiful, deepening, strengthening process to my faith. And so that's why I wanted to share it with you all today. I honestly believe that when used properly, these tools can nothing but beautify and strengthen and deepen your faith. Now, if at any point um, throughout your learning of life coaching tools, you were to doubt your faith, this wouldn't be different than anybody, you know, learning evo- the theory of evolution in a class at in high school and then doubting their faith as well. As we attain more knowledge of how the world works and things like that, it is natural and normal to want to kind of be like, wait a second, does that fit in with what I believe? Do I even believe what I believe? So if that ever happens to you, not just with this podcast episode and life coaching, but in your life in general, one thing that coaching has taught me is how normal that is and how okay that is and how much we don't need to be afraid of that. So I am going to link up in the show notes, uh, a few additional podcast episodes that relate specifically to all the things I'll be sharing today. And if you really take an interest in any of this and you want to seek out any more information on it, check out the show notes. All right. Last but not least, before we delve in, I wanted to tell you why I'm doing this. I already told you because it strengthened my discipleship and my belief and my faith in Jesus Christ. These tools have helped me do that. And so I want to share that with you, obviously. Um, I also want it to be very clear that coaching and any faith don't need to be in direct opposition to each other or opposition at all. Um, just like any discipline, it can be used wrong. Coaching can be to manipulate people, just like therapy can be used to push your opinion or your agenda on a client or a person in your session. And so um, my emphasis here today is to, just to show the the way that these tools can truly help as they're used in truth and goodness and light and with good intentions. And Um, Also to just really guide you and help you on your spiritual pursuits and your spiritual work. There is doctrine in our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? And then there are tendencies and habits and culture that often go unquestioned because we've just grown up with these things being normal and accepted or whatever. And with President Nelson, we're really starting to see some big changes. And I love it because it's forcing us to distinguish between doctrine and culture. And one of the main things I feel like a lot of these tools have done is helped me to question, okay, what do I believe in? Who do I believe in? And who do I not? And what things are just able to be left on the table? And what things do I need to take with me in the hereafter and truly hold as doctrine? What things are just imperfect people, you know, making up stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with kind of my favorite life coaching tool that totally goes with the gospel, which is, it's a term we call 50-50. That just means that life is 50% positive and 50% negative, that there is In other words, like the gospel would tell us opposition in all things. So in the book of Mormon, second Nephi chapter two, verse 11, it says, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. This is the prophet Lehi counseling to his younger sons when he's kind of on his deathbed before he passes through the veil and he lets them know there is an opposition in all things. This is so helpful to know when times are hard, right? And we don't like the way we feel things are difficult. And we can remember we are supposed to have heart. It's kind of like we're saying to ourselves, nothing has gone wrong, even though it's hard. I think the most 
I don't know, like the pit at the bottom of your stomach starts to form when you think this is hard and it shouldn't be happening and and something's gone wrong. Something's terribly wrong. You just feel so out of control. And so I know that when we remember that there is opposition in all things, or like coaching teaches it, you know, 50% positive, 50% negative, there is that opposition. Then we feel like, okay, it's okay that I feel negative emotion right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes though, what I think we do as church members and followers of Jesus Christ, that is not doctrine. And honestly, that doesn't serve us. That kind of takes away from our agency and from our total freedom to choose in this life is that we believe that some things, some circumstances are just hard. We label some things as just hard. Oh, you're going through a divorce. That's just hard. If you're going through a divorce, it has to be hard. If somebody just passed away, it has to be hard all the time for you, like, you know, whatever. And you know what is hard though, I really think is not any one circumstance. I think it's our thoughts and the things we tell ourselves. And even sometimes down to the label we put on things. What's hard is when we fight against negative emotions that we feel rather than saying, okay, this is just what I feel right now. And I also think what makes things really hard is when we tell ourselves or others that they are hard. Oh, that must be so hard. Now, am I calling anybody, including myself, because I've totally said that, a bad person or something? No, it's just what I'm doing is calling our awareness to the fact that our thoughts create our experience of our circumstances and not the circumstances themselves. Does that mean we always want to be happy? No, it doesn't. But... Sometimes I think we limit how happy we can feel during circumstances or experiences that our friends or we think just are difficult or are hard when really, what if they're not, what if that's just a thought and what if we can choose our feelings no matter what is happening? So that's just something I wanted to throw out there. And I know for me, when I learned this work, that felt very callous and heartless But in this next point, I'm going to illustrate how circumstances being neutral and not attaching a defined emotion to any one circumstance. In other words, not labeling any circumstance, no matter how bad you might think it is right now, not labeling it as bad or as good or as whatever, just leaving them neutral is in fact a principle of agency. So the second point I'm going here to is that circumstances are neutral. This is what life coaching teaches. I've come to find this to be a truth as I've tested it on our gospel knowledge. Again, think of a circumstance, any circumstance, and what I'm trying to say and what I what coaching teaches and what I have tested against what the gospel teaches is that circumstances are not capable of creating emotion in us. For example, there's a tree outside. I look at it And I feel happy feelings because I'm like, wow, that's such a beautiful tree and it's God's creation. Somebody else might see a tree outside and look at it and think, what a nuisance. We need to remove that right now. It's ugly. Who knows, right? So the tree is just a circumstance that's neutral. It doesn't 
inanimately, this inanimate object doesn't create feeling within us. I'm not saying trees aren't alive. They are, but I'm just saying that it doesn't create our feelings. Circumstances don't create our feelings. Our thoughts do. Now, again, when I heard this, it felt heartless and a little cold and untrue. And like someone was taking something away from me, but in the scriptures, it tells us we are agents unto ourselves to act and not be acted upon. This is DNC doctrine and covenants 58 chapter 58 verses 27 and 28. It says, for the power is in them, wherein they are agents unto themselves. And we can choose right or wrong. We can choose happy or sad. We get to choose which side of the opposition in all things that we want to feel any given day with any given circumstances. Circumstance. But circumstances don't cause our feelings. And this is the best news for me because that means I get fullest exercising of my agency with every single decision and every experience that I go through in life. So one example I wanted to bring up with this is depression, the diagnosis of depression. I was diagnosed with postpartum depression by my doctor at um, one point or another during my journey with having three kids in four years. And maybe you or somebody else or many people would call this unfortunate or not good or sad or serious or dangerous. I call it a label, a diagnosis, nothing more. It is literally the result of a collection of medical professionals getting together and creating a set of symptoms, right? And, and watching human behavior. I did feel defined by it at first, but when I changed how I thought about the diagnosis, I didn't feel defined by it. And that doesn't mean that I didn't clue in and say, okay, something's going on here. And I didn't care at all what my symptoms were, but it was interesting to me is how, how, when I found coaching, the, the diagnosis of depression went from devastating and feeling very powerful in my life to something that was sort of like a side note. And that's not because of me or who I am. That's literally because of my thoughts, just like your thoughts about a depression diagnosis would be totally your own and different. So it's just so powerful when you're struggling postpartum, whether you have sought out a diagnosis and have one, whether you don't, a diagnosis is a set of symptoms that we've put a label on, but sometimes we attach so much negative emotion to it. And so I love thinking about circumstances are neutral because it is another way of to express the truth that we are agents unto ourselves and we are not to be acted upon. We are meant to act. Sometimes when we believe that a circumstance comes with a feeling that a tree is beautiful, we lose our ability to choose whether we think it's beautiful or not. So even though that sounds so innocent, like just calling a tree beautiful, but isn't it right? What about things that are different? Like for example, stealing. What if I think stealing is bad, but somebody else thinks stealing is good? And who are we to say whether it is or isn't? Now, in the gospel, we do choose to abide by the laws of the land. And so we are asked through the dictation of our, of our religion to abide by the laws of the land. In other words, to go along with, you know, that doesn't mean we have to believe they're good or bad or right or wrong, but to abide by them. But it's just so fun to think that everything is a thought that's being offered. And we either subscribe to it or we don't. We either think that one or we think a different one. And this is truly the the definition of agents unto ourselves. 
It keeps us in our fullest power. And I think that's what I love the most about coaching my clients is at any one given moment with something they're experiencing or that's bothering them, if they want to feel different about it. For example, if their husband, like I've had clients whose husbands have been unfaithful or something, and maybe um, maybe they just feel really bitter, but they tell me, I just want to love him or her. And the beautiful part about circumstances being neutral is that while all of your friends and family are telling you, you should hate him and leave him or whatever. If you want to just feel love for this person, you can, and that is agency. And that's beautiful. And so that's why I think it's so important and why I'm so passionate about advocating that circumstances are neutral, not because I don't choose to think murder is bad. For example, I totally do. And I choose to think that nature is beautiful. But I also advocate for the freedom of choice for everyone else. This has really helped me to love and understand people when they have beliefs that are different than mine. So it's really blessed my discipleship that way and truly being able to extend a Christ-like love to all sorts of people that I I used to have a harder time with that. I would be a lot more judgmental and kind of fear-based with that. So, okay. The third point that I want to make with um, religion and the doctrines of the gospel of Jesus Christ and life coaching is um, understanding faith and belief and the role that they play in creating results and getting to a certain destination emotionally or spiritually in our life. So we believe, right, that our faith is always centered in and on and through Jesus Christ. And obviously life coaching doesn't teach that because that's my religion. That's what my religion teaches. But it does teach that a belief is a thought that you continue thinking over and over again until you just don't question anymore. And it just is true for you. Okay. Now, eternal truth is a choice to believe that there is eternal truth, right? Like I do believe that there is eternal truth. But I know that it's a choice to believe that because not everyone does believe that there's eternal truth. So while I can yell from the rooftops all day that there is eternal truth and I believe it, nobody's obligated to believe that too. I wanted to bring this up because I actually lost a dear friend to the belief that coaching is of the devil and not aligned with our faith in Jesus Christ as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this idea that eternal truth is or isn't a thing was part of her decision to not want anything to do with coaching. And it really, you know, at the time I was already a certified life coach and knee deep in this work. And, you know, because I love this friend and I really respect her, I I stepped back and I really thought about this and I thought, you know, is there something here that I need to be concerned about? Am I being brainwashed? And, um, you know, gratefully I was able to realize that I don't fear that eternal truth isn't a thing just because I'm willing to allow other people not to believe it. Just because I know that it's a thought that I choose to think over and over doesn't mean or doesn't dictate whether or not eternal truth is a real thing. And so even though I surrender to the idea that eternal truth is real, quote, eternal truth is real, unquote, like that that's a thought in my head that doesn't diminish it in any way and take away from the fact that it's more than a thought in my head to me. And I 
in my reality and in my universe and in the way that I believe things and the way that I want to progress through this existence and the next, I believe in eternal truth. I believe it. Like I, I know, like I, that's what I believe. That's where my faith is. Um, but I know for some people, it just feels so scary. It feels like I'm pulling the rug out from under you when I say that not everyone believes that and that that's okay. And that it's just a thought. When I say it's just a thought, it's not just a thought. It is more than a thought to us. But to somebody else, it might just be sentences on paper, you know, words on paper in a sentence that that they don't really care about, that they don't share that belief. So again, it goes back to this idea that your thoughts create your reality. That doesn't mean your thoughts create eternal reality. Like what is and isn't true, that's up for God to decide. We that's outside of the model. That's outside of the delegation of life coaching or religion. I mean, well, our religion, gratefully, we believe has truth. But anyway, here I go off on this little tangent, but does that make sense? Like there is no threat to what is and is not true just by putting it in a model and calling it life coaching and using life coaching tools on it. These tools are not meant to dictate and play the role of religion. They're just meant to help you see what you do believe and really, um, have power over your mind to better thrive as a human being and as a disciple of Jesus Christ. By the way, for those of you who are new here, welcome. And if you've never heard me talk about the model or you don't know what that is, go check out um, the last episode, no, two episodes ago, um, episode 14 on the tool, the life coaching tool that saved my life. That is all about the model. There's also another podcast episode that I have here on this podcast called Circumstances Are Neutral. And both of those will help you if this is all new to you. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at All right. So I wanted to share a little story here, which is that I had a crisis of faith is what I'm going to call it because truly it felt excruciating to me, which is that I, at one point in my journey of being a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I believed that I didn't fit in. I had started working almost full-time uh, as a life coach, and I have three young kids, and I had never done that before. And I used to believe that uh, being a stay-at-home mom was the glorified way to do things. It was the best way. It was ideal, and um, that it made for the best children to turn out, right? And the best raising of children could be done in that format. And I didn't question it at all. And I lived by that for so long um, because I thought that was true. And then when I started to question that, um, again, not questioning my religion at all, but questioning this decision to stay at home full time with my kids as a mom, when I had, um, that depression come around twice and I found this love of life coaching and it really 
was helping my motherhood to do coaching for other people. And so when I started to kind of play with this and how, how is this going to fit in? Then I became a coach and was doing this for a living. I started to look around the congregation at my local ward and be like, Oh, there's not a lot of other moms that have little kids like I do who work by choice. They don't have to be, they just want to. And so even though there's not a lot of rationale to that, right? Like you look at the statistics church wide or even who cares? Like I just, for whatever reason that put, put me down in this hole of, I don't belong. I, and I don't fit in here. And socially this, I just, I don't, it doesn't work. And I would then start finding evidence for that. Cause that's what our brains do is once we have a thought then, and I believe it gathers evidence to prove it right. Because that's what our brains are programmed to do. It's what helps them feel safe is that we prove ourselves right. And so I was doing that and I got to this point where it was just really hard to go to church for me because of these thoughts that I was having. Um, but at the time I didn't have all this awareness. So at the time I just thought, do I just have weak faith? Like, do I not believe that Jesus Christ is my savior? So I really stepped back one weekend. My husband was out of town. I, I got the kids in bed and I was all alone and I just was praying and I was really thinking, I mean, do I believe this? What do I believe? And I almost immediately did know that I really do believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that this is his restored church. I believe the book of Mormon is true. And so I thought if that's true, then why would I not go to this church? And then I realized that's when I found the thought like, oh, it's because I feel like I don't belong here socially. So then because of life coaching, so this is where I feel like life coaching saved my faith because of the tools of life coaching, I was able to question that thought. And I knew how to do that. So I just gently started saying, is that true that I don't belong here? And my brain would be like, well, yeah, I mean, look around like all these other moms, they stay at home with their kids and they don't have any interest in working. And when you go to relief site events, you don't know what to talk about. See, that's all evidence. See, see, see. And I was like, wait a second, but this is just one ward, first of all. And second of all, even if that's true, what if that's okay? What if that doesn't mean anything about me fitting in? Right. And I was just starting to really question my own thought. And I was able to get to a place of solid ground where I realized I do fit in here and what it looks like to fit in can be totally different for every person. And there is no culture that I need to fit into other than the culture of Jesus Christ, truly and his doctrine. And so when I was able to just release myself of what I perceived to be church culture, which I don't even think is real. I think it was totally in my mind, but maybe I'm sharing this because maybe that might be something you see or struggle with too. I was so much more at rest and able to just take comfort in the fact that I really do believe the tenets of this religion and I choose it over and over every day. Last but not least, I just want to share one huge way that I've progressed in my discipleship because of life coaching. And again, it's not like the church doesn't help with this and support this and teach this. It's just for whatever reason, it kind of didn't sit with me. I w- I fell into the habit of, and here's where I was going to share you, is of perfectionism, right? So one of the historic leaders in life coaching, her name's Byron Katie, and she says, if you fight against reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> so before finding coaching, I claimed to be a true believer in Jesus Christ, including his atonement and that it was real and that it has the grace enough to save us all from our imperfections. And yet I was honestly always just disgusted with my own imperfections. I would doom and gloom and get so down on why I wasn't more perfect. And, oh, it was just a lot of energy because I was sad about how I wasn't better. 
and it felt noble. It felt like it was for good reasons. I felt like I was trying to be good to my savior and, and be the best I could be for him and all these things. And I would read Ether 12, 27 in the book of Mormon, which says, if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weaknesses. And I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. But really, I was kind of in a rush to be perfect already. I just wanted to like delete the Savior out of the equation. Not that I really felt that way, but by my actions in hindsight, that's kind of what I was doing. My Savior was already perfect. He's the standard, and I wanted to follow Him. I remember one time I had I was a missionary serving in Chile, Santiago West Mission, woo. And I remember one time treating my companion like a burden, like she was a burden to me. That's the way I perceived it because she she was struggling with something that I used to struggle with. And when she would struggle with it, I would struggle with it a little bit. And I resented her because she was like taking me back a step or whatever. That's how much I was focused on perfection. And I lost the vision of the journey. I think this is really honestly pretty common. It can be easy to do as disciples of Jesus Christ who are constantly understanding like perfection is the ultimate goal, but we forget about the journey and we forget about the atonement sometimes. I know that sounds crazy. Like, how could you forget about the atonement? But when it comes to actual day-to-day basis implementation of it, we kind of want to skip that step, the need of a savior. And we lose the chance to glory in the savior and to find the awe and the wonder in the plan that's been set up for us. And we forget to love our imperfections and to even just find them sweet and funny and like little quirks find the humor in it all. So anyway, life coaching has guided, guided my mind and taught me how to love what is, how circumstances are neutral, including my imperfections. They're neutral and I don't have to feel doom and gloom about them. I can love them or I can just be like, there it is. There's my humanness and make space for my humanness. And it's coaching has been such a marvelous supplement to help me implement and align my life more fully with my beliefs. Religion dictates our beliefs. When you subscribe to a religion, you're subscribing to the doctrine. And I will forever be grateful for my religion and for the eternal truths that I have found in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the restored church of Jesus Christ and the book of Mormon and the Bible and the scriptures that we have. I cherish them. And coaching does not dictate the role of our beliefs. It isn't the role of coaching, but whatever your beliefs are, the ones that are serving you, coaching can help you strengthen them. And whatever your beliefs are that are not serving you, coaching can help you identify those and help you change them if needed, if it's going to better serve you. So one quick last example of this, maybe for example, you believe that physical touch is a sign of a good relationship. Okay. Or maybe you believe money is time for money. You have to put in time. You have to put in a lot of time to make a lot of money, but you're trying to be an entrepreneur and make a lot of money in your first year, which is totally possible. But when you have the belief, no, it takes a lot of time to create a lot of money and you associate time with money. That's not going to serve you as an entrepreneur, right? So let's go back. Maybe you believe that physical touch is a sign of a good relationship, but your husband doesn't like public display of affection and honestly, isn't really very affectionate to you in general, outside of maybe the bedroom. And so you're constantly in pain over this. You're constantly worrying, like, do we have a good relationship? Because there's not a lot of physical touch. And so this is one moment where if you were to bring this to me in a session, we could just play with this idea and you don't ever have to ever have to let any belief go. You can keep all your beliefs if you want to, but it's fun to just poke and prod a little bit. What if that's not true, right? That physical touch is a sign of a good relationship. I think some people think that the best relationships, I know I thought this when I was engaged and I was struggling not to indulge in physical touch. <laughs> and my, I would see people who were engaged who just like, were never touching each other. And I was like, oh, they just, 
they must have like a, that's like the right way to do a relationship. That's the good kind of relationship. Right. So it's just like, what if that's not true? That physical touch is a sign of a good relationship. What if there's actually more trust when there's not physical touch? I have no idea. And as your coach, I'm never going to like push an opinion on you. I'm just going to play and question these things. And so, um, that way you open your mind to other signs of a strong relationship. And maybe you start to look for evidence, right? Cause whatever you you believe your brain will go find evidence for. So maybe you start to look for evidence in how you guys do have a strong relationship because you don't have a ton of physical touch. So that's just one way that coaching can kind of loosen things up. I feel like life coaching makes it more possible to be agents unto ourselves, If you look at the model, which is the main coaching tool, the flow of how things work in the universe, we've got circumstance and they're neutral and separate from the rest, which is thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So many times in the gospel and in the church, I should say, in the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, we're trying to get a certain result and be a certain way based off of our actions. And we're not paying a ton of attention. Sometimes our feelings, like you're, you're feeling desire to do something. Maybe you feel like you're being tempted to do it, but I just always think the most power is at the root of the model, the root of all action and all result and all feelings, which is our thoughts. So as you focus your attention on your thoughts, you're going to feel more empowered to, and have more control over your feelings and actions and results and be more aligned with where you want to go. I feel like I have been so much more able to discern the way the spirit talks to me not that I couldn't before coaching, but because coaching has drawn such an awareness to my thoughts, so often I can really feel and hear and understand and see separately the spirit's guidance because I am paying attention to my thoughts. And so it's not like, so it doesn't catch me so off guard or it's not so random when I hear a thought that's not my own because I'm constantly listening to my thoughts. And so it's so easy to feel when one comes from another source other than my own and just that feeling. I hope this helps you Again, coaching is not the gospel. It shouldn't be used in that way. And you are outside of the model. The model, life coaching, is just a tool. It's just a tool to help you see your thoughts. You are not to be acted upon by the model, by anything else. You are outside of the model. You are an agent unto yourself. And ultimately, you get to choose whatever you do believe, whether you take or leave any of what I've taught today and whatever you believe in your life. And if you need help, if you feel like you're really stuck in your life, especially postpartum, you guys, I specialize in helping. I've helped people with all sorts of things, marriage stuff, like mourning and grieving, um, Oh my gosh, everything under the sun, but okay. Maybe not everything like your husband looking at pornography, like all the things. Um, but if you're really struggling postpartum as well, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. If you want a life coach and if you just want more free help, continue listening to this podcast, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lizzie Langston, L I Z Z I E L A N G S T O N. That's where you can find me. I love giving free help. I love serving you guys. And I especially love helping you have a coach and and get coaching if that's what you're wanting and needing. And if you're sensing that, so if you're not sure, but you're thinking about it and you really want to explore that option, the consult booking link will be in the show notes as well. I love you all. Take care and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. Be well, my friends.